guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. And if you guys are new here, I feel like I've been just kind of rushing into episodes lately, but I want to just, you know, welcome the new listeners if there's any new listeners out there and also just give you a little gist of what the podcast is uh, in a little 10 second like elevator pitch. Basically, my podcast is a beautiful thing that was born about a year ago and it's really just covering, it's kind of like a journal entry of my life. Every single week I talk about, you know, topics that I care about things that I think about on a daily basis and really you know just think maybe don't get enough credit or really just need to be unpacked you know in a deep kind of like me talking about things telling stories you know that sort of thing so it's a very storytelling-esque you know kind of just I don't want to call it a self-help podcast because I really I'm not an expert but like I said, it's just like a journal entry of my life. I talk to you guys about the thick and thin and the things that we deal with that we don't talk about and that we should. And so tonight's episode is no exception from the classic topics that I typically speak on. Um, but tonight's episode is about criticism, which has been an extremely highly requested concept ever since the birth of the podcast, like a year ago, as I said. And, you know, I know a lot of influencers given a lot, are given a lot of flack for, you know, saying like, oh, so many people requested me to talk about this. But actually, people have been requesting me to talk about this. Um, and it's, it's not a skincare routine or something like that or a product that I'm pushing. I'm really just talking to you guys about criticism and why it is so damn hard for us to take criticism. I feel like, I mean, most people or like professionals will say that they can handle criticism well. And that's like in literally like job interviews, people are like, can you handle criticism well? Or like, how do you you know, how do you handle criticism? And a lot of employers are looking for people that, you know, are easygoing or can adjust easily, like their plans if they are criticized or if something, you know, isn't fully right and they can readjust, you know, fully resiliently and whatever. And while a lot of people can do this, there's always this little like inkling. No, that's not the word. It's like a little like nagging feeling in the back of your mind, a little like blow to your ego because, you know, when any when anything that you do is kind of, you know, questioned or nitpicked or, you know, just kind of pointed out like, oh, like this isn't right, you kind of take it personally and you can't really help it. Um, So I'm going to be talking about criticism from like a professional point of view or like, you know, in in classes, you know, professors, teachers, that sort of thing, Um, you know, criticizing your work, but then also, you know, the criticism that we face online from perfect strangers. I get a whole lot of it all the time. Um, And I've seen a lot of other people on the internet, you know, dealing with criticism and how they do it. And a lot of them, I'm like, I don't know if that's the, the way to do it. Because, you know, from an outsider's point of view, when an influencer is like, you know, challenged on something, I feel like we don't really know everything that goes into what they, you know, obviously think and feel. And so a lot of them act defensively and other, you know, people, just normal people that aren't influencers act defensively sometimes with criticism. So maybe talking about that. Um, and then also the criticism that we place on ourselves because I think you know I say this a lot at the end of the day we are our own biggest critic like yes people can rip us to shreds online but at the end of the day we are the people that I feel like nitpick ourselves the most out of 
everyone in the freaking universe. Like, I mean, at least I can speak personally. I criticize myself probably more than any of you guys will ever criticize anything I say or do. Um, And that's just freaking life. So I'm going to be talking about that. Um, I'm going to be talking about some stories, some things from my youth that I actually completely forgot about until... Do you ever just like kind of go about your daily life, your daily routine, and then you like see something, hear something, smell something, and then you're like, holy crap, I am back in 2010. Seven, Like, does that ever happen to you? (laughs) So that happened to me the other night, and I'm going to get into that story in a few minutes. But before I do, I do want to kind of get into criticism from a psychological standpoint and kind of the root of kind of just why. You know, I'm always asking why. I feel like I'm just a very introspective person but I'm also like I just question everything I google so many freaking things I've talked about this before but if you guys saw my search feed like on on my phone on my computer just the things I look up during the day even at work sometimes when I when I'm like using a word and I'm not sure if I'm using have you ever done that where you're like writing an email or something important and you're like using this big word or not even a big word but just a word and you're like wait a second am I even using this word right that I've literally used since like seventh grade but like am I am I using this word right like I'm just I question everything I dive deep into everything so naturally I was questioning you know why do we feel credit why do we struggle with criticism you know why is it something that we can't handle and why when our our ideas and our beliefs are challenged in some way do we you know, maybe we don't express it always. Maybe we, you know, kind of take it in stride and we're like, of course, we'll adjust that. Of course, whatever. But like deep down, you still feel kind of a blow to your ego. And why is that? And I was looking up some psychological reasons and kind of this one, one, um, you know, highlighted idea that was referenced over and over again was, you know, at our ages now, we're like in our 20s or however old you are. But, you know, this continues into our when we're older and older and older. But I feel like the reason why and psychological, you know, people <laughs> that was not <laughs> like psychologists, that's what I meant to say. I don't know. Sometimes I just start talking and I'm like, I'm going to pick this up. I'm going to I'm going to fix this. I just I, anyway. So psychologists, you know, agree with me and I, I agree with them rather that I feel like the reason that a lot of us feel this, you know, blow to our ego when we're criticized is because it reminds us, you know, when we are criticized, when we are told something isn't right or when we are told something can improve or something of that nature, we are almost taken back to when we were children, you know, when we were young and our parents, I don't know how you were raised, but with me, my parents were not the type to just kind of let me say things wrong and be cute and whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there's some parents that are like, oh my God, they say Pischetti, that is adorable. Like, of course, I don't know how I was when I was like four or whatever, but I remember, you know, from like a relatively young age, my parents would correct me or they would, you know, strive, which was, which a good, it's a good thing, you know, like they would strive for me to say things correctly, be, you know, have manners, be courteous. You know, if I didn't say please or thank you, they would be like, Katie, like, come on, say it. Like, you know, they would correct me often. And I feel like that is just, you know, kind of how parenting is. And of course, I wouldn't know because I'm not a parent. And, you know, it it drove me freaking mad, you know, when I was in like middle school and I was told what to do, you know, told to do chores, told to do things. My parents were like, you know, this is your rent for living in this house. You have to do the dishes and do this and whatever. And, you know, I was very obviously blessed to have a great upbringing in the sense that I wasn't, you know, 
I wasn't harmed or abused. And there's just, I've, I've been reading stories, um, as I mentioned in the last episode, Educated by Tara Westover, best book ever. She talks about um, abuse a lot and, you know, how she was brought up with abuse in her family. And I'm just so lucky to never have experienced that. But especially in those type of homes, I feel like just, you know, in general, us growing up and being corrected in any way, you know, whether it be just with words or with actions or anything, you know, that was particularly hard for us, you know, because as kids, I feel like, you know, kids were very arrogant. We think we know everything, especially when, you know, you hit that like 13, 14 age and you just, you're like, mom, drop me off down the street. Like, I don't want my, my friends to see you dropping me off at the movies. Like, you know, things like that. We think that we are all-knowing and perfect and we have absolutely no freaking idea what's about to hit us when we become adults and have to like do things for ourselves you know I've I talked about adulting I've talked about adulting a ton and just like little nuances and things that are different from like when you're living under your parents roof or going to college even like there's just so many things in this world that I didn't even know existed and I'm just okay I'm kind of segueing going off topic here but at the end of the day the reason why I believe and psychologists agree that we have an issue you know in our adulting years or even in our college years being criticized because it reminds us of being children and you know how that that those kind of familiar feelings of you know being criticized and you know thinking we're right and just being like oh mom fine slamming our door you know I can't even tell you how many fights I have with my mom just like dumb little fights my mom's listening to this episode probably like laughing to herself because I was a stubborn kid I would say I was probably a good kid like in the grand scheme of how kids are and like you know I wasn't I wasn't particularly like crazy I didn't do a ton of illegal things and like you know I experimented and whatever but I wasn't like completely off the rails so my mom should consider herself lucky but I was very stubborn and I did think I was right and I would get really heated and probably had the worst arguments ever for why I thought I was right but you know it still kind of goes back to the idea that you know now when I'm faced with criticism at work or I remember even in college when professors would criticize my work because I was in the comm school and because I was you know successful on online I thought that I was all-knowing you know and I actually addressed this in a video once you know my senior year I made this video where I was like guys like I didn't know I didn't know crap. Like, I didn't know anything. And I thought I did. And I was so, you know, confident in it. And I wouldn't pay attention during a lot of my, you know, lessons. I would be, like, making videos, like, in class or, like, working on stuff. And I, like, didn't pay. I was like, oh, I'm so above this. Like, whatever. I know more than everyone here. And lo and behold, I did not. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm a very stubborn person by nature. If you need to know anything about me, it's that I'm, I'm stubborn. I'm impatient. I'm a very classic Scorpio type where I'm like, I think a lot, but I'm also like trying to avoid that. It's just like, anyway, I'm, I'm very stubborn. And so bless my mother's heart and every professor that I've ever had, because, you know, I would receive feedback in, in classes in college. I remember, you know, especially on my creative work, you know, when I would do graphic design classes and things like, I just thought that I was like so perfect and good at everything, which is just really shitty now looking back at it. But I feel like a lot of times we just have this confidence in ourselves in some ways like I definitely have a lack of confidence in other areas but when it comes to things I create I am very confident in those things um you know but when someone else is like no I don't like this it's just like okay well I don't like you (laughs) so anyway um criticism 
so yeah, I think that that's kind of the root of why we feel this ego blow when we are criticized because it reminds us of reminds us of when we were we were children and kind of speaking of that I did want to talk about this little story that like I said at the beginning you know when like little things just bring up memories I the other night um as you guys know I'm, I'm dealing with strep throat at the moment and uh Lyme disease I'm just like overall a sick human being and I am working on my health working on my health very hard and trying to stay healthy but um a couple of weeks ago so before I had my strep throat diagnosis I don't want you guys thinking I'm partying with strep throat because that is not the case um but a couple of weeks ago I was going out with my friends and I had a pregame at my apartment I've been having a lot of those lately because my apartment's such a great space for having people over because it's so open highly recommend a studio for just having having parties you know I, I mainly bought the, the apartment for the parties I'm just kidding um, but I had a bunch of friends over we made some drinks we were just you know sitting around talking about college rec- recollecting you know stories and whatnot and to get us in the mood I put on this college like playlist that I had and one of the songs in the playlist was the Cotton Eye Joe and I don't know if <laughs> I'm sure everyone's familiar with this song. It's like, the cotton eye Joe, I've been there. You know that one. <laughs> I'm going to spare you like the rest of the song. Like I'm not going to sing it for you, but you all probably know this song. And in college, it was a big like pre-gaming song. Like before the guys came over, you know, I'd always throw a ton of parties at my house in college and I had a pretty big like plantation style house and we had this one room that was dedicated to dancing and we would all just like break it down before the guys got there before we had to like you know put on our like chill girl faces we we did the cotton eye joe and i (laughs) i like it's one of the fondest memories i have from college is just breaking it down taking my heels off dancing to the cotton eye joe with all of my best friends in my house and i will i just like i'm sitting here like smiling like a dumb idiot because it was like one of my fondest memories but anyway so this song was on my playlist and it came on when we were pre-gaming and for whatever reason i don't know why it's never triggered this memory for me before in college i guess because i was like I, i really don't even know why but for whatever reason i was sitting there and i was like oh my gosh i've been taken back to elementary school because that was the first time I had heard this song, The Cotton Eye Joe, and there's a very specific memory associated with this song. So I've touched on this before, but I was not very well liked for much of my young life. I don't know what it was. I certainly, I dressed differently. I acted differently. I was just kind of like born, I don't want to say I was born different because everyone's born different, but I was, I just knew from a young age that I wasn't as accepted like just something about how I was it just I don't even I can't even pinpoint it to this day but just something was I guess a little bit off about me or different I don't really know but in elementary school it kind of started there and it just escalated and got worse as I got to call or high school college was a beautiful time for me where no one knew me and no one judged me and I was well liked and whatever that's a whole other story but elementary school was even kind of the beginnings of the rough time for me so I just wanted to preface with that but yeah, so a lot of times during, in elementary school, um, this was in about fourth grade, I believe. Fourth grade, I had this really amazing, amazing professor, amazing teacher. Her name was Miss J. I'm just going to call her Miss J because I don't want to say her full name. Just, I don't know. I just don't feel like I should. Um, but anyway, so I had Miss J for fourth grade and I believe 
I had her for fifth grade too. Um, and so she kind of knew my situation. She really took a, a liking to me because I was very interested in literature and writing and reading. And that was like her forte. And I was like super passionate about it. And she could tell that there was this like light in me. And I'm really honestly so thankful that she saw that in me because it's one of those things that I will remember always, you know, when you remember when a, a teacher or a professor believes in you. And so, you know, I remember just kind of getting like low-key tormented not really tormented that's not the right word but I was like left out you know how petty like elementary school drama is it's like I was left out of things I wasn't picked for things whatever and she kind of saw that and so she started kind of extending an invitation to me like during recess if I wanted to I could stay in her classroom with her and a couple other kids that were also kind of in my same situation of not being extremely well liked and I could stay in with her and we could just have fun in other ways and I wouldn't be excluded on the playground and whatever and so it was honestly the biggest like I said light in my life to be recognized by someone like this especially someone older who I looked up to and it was just the saving grace for me and okay kind of you're wondering how the Cotton Eye Joe comes into this so this was the first time I was introduced to the Cotton Eye Joe because I don't know I really just I have no idea how this happened or how like how she was passionate about this song or whatever but this is the first time I heard it because during recess we would stay in and do the cotton eye joe like she would teach us she taught us the dance and like the song and we would like move all the desks like this is crazy like a 30 minute recess recess period after lunch we'd clear all the desks like put them to the sides of the room and just break down in the cotton eye joe like in the middle of this classroom and (laughs) i'm just i'm like laughing to myself thinking about this memory and just dancing around the, the classroom with all these other kids that were also kind of like social outcasts and it was like the the best time of my life also probably the best the most fit time of my life because we would do this every single recess period and eventually we would like you know try other dances like I remember um the hoedown throwdown was big at that time Miley Cyrus Hannah Montana whatever and so we, we did that one next we kept doing like other she like taught me all these dances which is so funny that she was like, okay, let, what should I do with these like social outcasts of elementary school? Like, okay, we'll teach them the Cotton Eye Joe. So I kind of wanted to, I mean, you're wondering where criticism comes into this and I promise I'm getting it to it. But, you know, along with her teaching me this dance and, you know, taking my mind off the fact that I was being bullied and at a young age and whatever, she also, as I said, knew that I was very passionate about writing and she encouraged me to write which as you guys know now, I'm really passionate about and I want to eventually make it into maybe a career or just, you know, get more into it right now. It's just not my, it's not my calling now, but I know it's, it's something I'm, I'm doing as a hobby and it's going to eventually maybe develop into something more. But at this point, you know, 2019, it's just a hobby, but she encouraged me to write. And at that point, you know, my parents were very, they, you know, encouraged me to be creative, but they are also at this point really pushing me to do sports. They really thought because both of them had success in sports, they thought that that was like the end all be all for me or like that's how I was going to make friends. That's how I was going to socialize. You know, my dad was my coach for like half the sports I played. So that was a big pressure and it also caused a lot of anxiety for me fighting, you know, whatever. And although like it was something that I'm glad I did at the end, you know, like I'm glad I was involved in sports and it did teach me like how to be a team player and all those things. But I also had a different sort of passion, which I'm pursuing now, as you know. So she was one of those people that was 
just pushing me to write. And so I wrote this like short little novel back when I was in her class. Um, and like it, it wasn't a part of the curriculum of the class, but it was like during my recess. My recess curriculum was to write more pages in this book that I was writing called The Farmer's Daughter. I still remember the title. I think my parents still have it. I think they laminated it, to be honest. And so she would, you know, half the period of recess would be, you know, with the Cotton Eye Joe and the dancing. And then she would pull me into her office, you know, uh, like off of her classroom. And we would sit on the counter. I remember sitting on the countertop of this like classroom little office area and reading through I would read aloud my pages and she would take a little red pen or like whatever the pens were that they would use back back then I remember those pens you know like the felt pens and she would like add commas you know delete paragraphs and like just tell me which words to use and which words would be better here and for whatever reason like her criticism then was I I didn't take it personally and I, I think it's because like I obviously respected her so much and I wanted to grow But it was also, I guess, because I was at a point where I was being criticized for everything else in my life, you know, for how I was as a person. And I was just facing all of this, like, you know, adversity in terms of just being, like, not well-liked that this, you know, creative critique at this point, just for whatever reason, just felt so natural. And I I yearned, like, I, I literally craved her edits. Like, I wanted her to, I wanted to make her proud. I guess that's honestly what it was. You know, I respected her so much. I wanted to make her proud. And I didn't care if it made me kind of looking stupid. You know, I wanted to make her proud. I was, I kept pumping out these pages. I kept writing and I eventually finished, I I think I finished it, I'm pretty sure, I don't really quite remember, but I wrote a bunch of pages and my parents laminated it and it was a cute day, but yeah, and it's, uh, I just, it's teachers like those, like that makes me just believe in the goodness of life, you know, and it's actually quite sad because I think it was maybe seven or eight years ago, uh, Mrs. Miss J actually, she died, she died of breast cancer. Or is it brain cancer? One of the, uh, just a very invasive cancer. I kind of forget. I was very young, obviously, um, when I knew her and when she died. So it was a particularly tough time for my community because she made such an impact, obviously. And so, yeah, I want to dedicate this episode to her for sure. But yeah, criticism, I've been facing it for a very long time, let's just say that. And it's come in, in good ways and in, in ways that has really bugged me. But that was a wave that didn't bug me at all. So taking a quick little break to introduce tonight's sponsor for the episode. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Care of Vitamins. As you guys know, I've talked about them before. Love, love, love the concept. And I've actually gotten a bunch of my friends hooked on Care of Vitamins. Um, And I did mention earlier in the episode that I am not feeling amazing at the moment. And these vitamins are helping me get my life back on track um, because... I'm not the best at remembering to take vitamins, to be honest. My mom's always telling me to take all these different vitamins, and it's just so much easier when they come in a little personalized packet that says my name on it, and it's aesthetically pleasing and pretty. So Cara Vitamins is a great concept because it puts all of the vitamins that you need based on a quiz that you take that's personally catered to you in one little packet that you can take every single day. I actually have mine, you know, strategically placed by my door. I grab one on my way to work, I take it with my water and my breakfast, and I am good to go, you know, setting up a healthy routine for myself because I feel like oftentimes we don't know which vitamins we're supposed to be taking. It's hard to tell. And so it's great because there's a quick little quiz you take on their website and it tells you or kind of asks you, you know, how much sleep you're getting, you know, do you feel like you need more energy, just like different things, like targets different things that, you know, 
is special to you and that you know is part of your daily routine and they cater these vitamins directly you know to your routine so it's it feels very personalized they're very cute as i said they have your name on it mine says katie on it and it's just great because it's a subscription so it comes right to your door you don't have to remember to go buy them you know i think it's time especially as you know summer's coming to an end and it's becoming you know almost fall time which i'm ecstatic about but it also you know means that it's going to be winter soon and i feel like i always get so sick in the winter so it's nice to plan ahead and focus on your health. Also one of my favorite parts of Care Of is that they're very transparent and honest. You know, all the guidance you're getting online is very honest and it's trustworthy. And all of the packets are actually made from compostable plant-based films and that you can also get vegan and vegetarian supplement options if that is something that interests you as well. And as per usual, I have a special deal for you guys. For 25% off your first Care Of order, go to take, that's T-A-K-E, C-A-R-E-O-F.com and enter my code HelloKatie. So that's Hello K-A-T-Y at checkout for 25% off your first care of order. And you just simply take the quiz, you know, find out what vitamins are right for you and you're smooth sailing onto a healthy lifestyle. So yeah, thank you to Care Of for sponsoring this episode and let's get on with it. So kind of going off or kind of switching gears from the story that I told of how criticism or when it didn't quite bug me as much, um, I'm going to talk about criticism that has bugged me a lot. And it's kind of the, the criticism that I'm dealt on a daily basis, you know, either being at work with, you know, things I'm working on and just like little things here and there or just kind of, you know, feeling stupid with some of the edits that are made on things and whatnot, but then also just kind of with the the social media landscape, you know, and how it almost comes in in little unspoken ways, you know. I'm certainly dealt a lot of criticism with my, you know, things I do online and people are constantly signing in my DMs correcting me. I feel like that's like the biggest, you know, the biggest era that we're in right now with like cancel culture and everyone wants to be an expert, you know. It's funny because I was watching this this mommy blogger on YouTube and I'm not usually into like watching mommy bloggers just because I can't really quite relate, but there's a few that I like, I really am like fond of and I like feel like I'm in their family, you know, like there's some YouTubers that I'm like that with and I remember reading um, this one girl's comments and she was just being ripped apart for so many different like parenting techniques and things and, you know, people just self-proclaimed like doctors and like, you know, child psychologists in her comment section, like ripping her apart for like various ways she She's parenting and it just it just shows that like I mean social media culture it's just like everyone wants to be an expert everyone wants to expose everyone you know like on YouTube there's so many just expose videos of just certain YouTubers and like why they're wrong and whatever and it's almost like you can't create something like you can't create even like the smallest of things these days without facing some degree of criticism and it's become this almost this thing that we just we've gotten used to we're just you know used to getting criticized we're used to you know posting a bikini picture on Instagram and looking at our insights and seeing that people are sending it to people or like you know just posting it in their group chats and kind of just we're living knowing that people are potentially talking about us or potentially ripping us apart and sometimes we don't even know who these people are or if they're even doing it and it just kind of it eats us alive you know when you just sit back and you let yourself feel and think so deeply sometimes you know like obviously a lot of times we're, we're doing a lot of exciting things and we're not thinking about it but there's those there's moments you know especially late at night when we're just laying in bed thinking about all the people that hate us or the people that are trying to cancel us or the people that are criticizing us in some way and then you know 
kind of in contrast, we see other people online just being so unabashedly, just unashamedly themselves. And we envy them and we're like, how on earth can they, you know, deal with all this criticism and still come up on, come out on top. And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is everyone, no matter how they portray themselves, they do feel a degree of, you know, criticism and they wonder, you know, or just they, they read very deeply into things that are said about them and whatnot. And like I said, you know, this comes in so many different forms and I could do an episode on each different type of criticism that we face, but, you know, as a whole, it, it kind of, it, it takes a big blow on our ego and we take it personally. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I know I'm not alone because I, because I asked you on, I asked you guys on Instagram and a bunch of you guys commented, you know, your opinions on criticism and, you know, different ways you know, whether you're grateful for criticism, one girl actually, there's always like one or two people that just like shatter everything I thought I knew about, about certain topics that I asked you guys about. And this one girl said, I used to struggle with criticism, but now I'm in a job where I rarely receive any type of feedback, good or bad, unless there's a crisis. So now I almost want criticism because then at least you have another way to evaluate your work. Like even if you would disagree with the criticism, it forces you to take another look at something, which I think is important. Complacency is dangerous. And that is so true, okay, like, yes, I'm totally a proponent of, you know, especially at L'Oreal with, like, what I do because I work for such such a large beauty brand and we are just, you know, there's so much competition in the beauty space, like, you know, on YouTube with influencers, but then also, like, brands are just, like, competing against each other constantly because, you know, there's all these new brands that are emerging, like, every day there's a new indie brand, that's what we call, like, the independent beauty brands, like, Fenty and, like, you know, indie, like, Kylie Cosmetics and just, like, little brands that are coming out of the woodworks and they're, like, we're stealing the show and we're, like, oh my gosh, how do compete with that so naturally at work since I work in in social and digital a lot of what I do is you know seen by like five different people before it goes live so I deal with a lot of criticism you know a lot of times you know I I do it I just find it hard not to take things personally it's just one of those things where I think it's kind of a maturity thing like eventually you know once you deal with a lot of it you get used to it and I, I truly believe that that's the case and like you know as I grow I'm gonna you know realize that and especially when I'm working with people that I respect I take their criticism differently than than I take you know random strangers on the internet that are you know nitpicking my decision making (laughs) and deciding to point out every flaw that I didn't even know I had (laughs) like that's my favorite thing when I like post something and I'm like confident in it and then someone's like oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you for showing your cellulite or whatever. And I'm like, wait, I didn't even realize I had it in that picture. Okay, cool. (laughs) You know, there's just so many like things that are unearthed. Um, But, you know, like I said, I think it's something, this is like my belief here. I think that we deal with criticism. We take it as an ego blow or personally. But I think over time, especially, you know, once we kind of just come to grips with the fact that we are not perfect, you know, and I think a lot of us know that, but like I said earlier, I think that we do have a confidence in some aspects of our life to the point where it's like we we think we are so right and we just can't even imagine, you know, being wrong or even if we don't know if we're completely right, but we still are like, like, this is my work. I work so hard on this and like, it just, like, it just, it crumbles everything when someone nitpicks something. But something I've learned from like working in a professional space is that, People are always going to say something, okay? Every boss that I've worked with, you know, over the years of having bosses with my internship and even bosses at L'Oreal, this is nothing negative, but 
I feel like people have a tendency of always wanting to point out something. Like even if you are, you know, going over someone's work that, you know, if if you're in college or whatever and someone shows you something to critique it and they ask for your honest opinion, you know, even if there is literally nothing wrong with it, I feel like there's a tendency that we have to want to say something, you know, like say something that they can do to improve because otherwise what's the point of looking over their work, you know? And I feel like we almost, when we feel this like insane, you know, anger with criticism and just being criticized we almost have to kind of flip it and look at it the other way and think oh well if you know if I wasn't me and I was looking at work similar to mine would I probably say the same thing that they said probably you know I mean almost kind of to level set with ourselves and like you know look at the other point of view and I know this is like such a cliche idea of like putting yourself in someone else's shoes but I think it's just something we got to do and it's a maturity thing you know and that's just kind of my take on that. I know someone else actually said something really good. I had it. I screenshotted it. Um, okay. A friend of mine actually said, first I ask if it's constructive or just mean. And I think she means ask herself. If it's constructive, cool. Maybe this is a learning moment. If it's just mean, then I try to remind myself that everyone is on their own journey of being a kind or to being a kind human, which is true. Everyone's on their their own journey. And I feel like Some people certainly deal with it better than others, but I think, you know, there's just some people that just project their their situation and all the things that you don't see, okay? There's obviously so many things, especially with coworkers that you don't really know extremely well. Like you you obviously ask them about their weekend and, you know, you see them on social media, but you don't know everything about them. And so, you know, that's why you have to be kind of, you take things with a grain of salt, but then also just kind of know that it comes, it, it likely comes from a good place, but also like just know that you would probably dish the same feedback on someone else. Like eventually when you are a boss, you know, when you are at the boss level of things or if you're ever going to be a teacher or a professor, just know that you're probably going to, you know, dish the same sort of feedback that someone's dishing on you and it just comes with being a human, you know, just looking at things critically and yeah, I think that's that's honestly my take on it, but Yeah, I do want to, before this podcast is, you know, before I've talked way too much, I do want to talk about self-criticism because I feel like, you know, we all deal with criticism. Sorry, my phone. Oh, night mode, night mode. Um, You know, certainly we deal with a ton of professional feedback and like criticism and stuff during the day and obviously on social media too from just random ass strangers on the internet. But I think we also dish probably the majority of the criticism that we experience onto ourselves and I did a whole episode on, you know, my my personal insecurities and like my body insecurities and just ways that I nitpick myself that way. But I also feel like sometimes, especially now that I'm in the adulting phase and I'm I've kind of a lot of that, you know, self-assurance and confidence that I had when I was a, a you know, a child and like a teenager is kind of evaporated and I'm I'm kind of left with just like who I am like in like stark light and contrast and I see myself like almost in like fluorescent lighting where I see every little pore you know in my being and I'm like wow I'm a shit human you know I like look at myself almost under my microscope too deeply and I'm like you know everything I thought I knew about myself is just a lie and I'm not as cool as I thought I was <laughs> you know I feel like in in the early phases of our lives were we're taught to be super confident in ourselves and like we're almost kind of given a gold star for everything I feel like when we're in the early stages of education and especially just 
in a lot of the you know schooling elements of our lives I feel like we're just given gold stars for a lot of things that we and we realize you know when we're not given any more gold stars the sticker pack is you know done that we're not as cool as we thought we were you know and so we we criticize every element of ourselves to the point where it becomes extremely exhausting and it's almost like we are our own biggest enemy you know we are our own biggest bully like I've dealt with so many freaking bullies in my life and just people that bring you down to make themselves feel better but I feel like I'm almost the biggest bully to myself right now because I'm not really experiencing like social bullies anymore and such and a lot of honestly a lot of people that bullied me in high school and in earlier phases of my life are coming to me now with you know these long-winded apologies and buying me shots at the bar when they see me because they feel bad and whatever and that's funny it's something that brings a smile to my face honestly because wow like okay cool now you want to be my friend um but yeah I I honestly dish you know the majority of the, the criticism that I face on a daily basis comes directly from me and I wrote this journal entry the other night. Um, I actually, I was thinking very critically of myself and how I criticize myself. Um, and I wrote this little entry, which I'm going to struggle to read because my cursive is just, <laughs> I got a little sloppy. I said, let's talk about criticism. We do it to ourselves, poke and prod at every little every little thing. We banish ourselves to the gym when we feel we've gained weight, wax our faces, convince ourselves that everything we write or say or create is shitty. You'd think that's all the criticism we can possibly take, but it's not. On top of that, we're criticized at work, on the street when we wear bold patterns by strangers on the internet. Truly, criticism is inescapable. But we keep on, keep, keep on, keep getting out of bed and making choices because, well, it's all you can do. Keep keeping on. Leaping from one choice to the next, trying more and more every day to leap without fear. And that was a good entry I wrote because... I think the ending is probably the most powerful because truly, you know, amidst all the criticism we face on a daily basis, just in all different forms and all the ways it comes in and affects us, you know, all we can do is just keep keeping on, keep moving, keep making things because, you know, I feel like in a creative aspect, you know, obviously everything you create will be, you know, looked over and critiqued by someone you know especially if you're writing a book or something you're not going to just write a, you know write the first draft and then send it to the publisher like you're obviously going to be working with an editor and someone's going to be telling you that something doesn't work here or you should put this here or whatever and that's just life that's how how every person that is professional in any way deals with you know something you know athletes professional athletes have coaches and you know, the whole nine yards of being critiqued as a siren this is the joy of living downtown but you know it's it's the the one thing that we have the power to do is just keep going despite the criticism because eventually it will all pay off okay I'm telling you this I want to say it again eventually everything you are going through everything you are dealing with will pay off because you know I always kind of take it at work when I'm given a critique on something when I'm told something is not right or I should you know something is just not wise or not you know I do a lot of strategizing a lot of planning and sometimes you know my boss or whoever will tell me maybe this isn't or just this isn't right or like you shouldn't do it this way and you know with every time that that happens I learn something new that I won't you know I I learn a new way not to do something and I kind of bring that with me onto the next project I do and I make less mistakes because I was told not to do it the first time and like the one girl on um, Instagram said 
it's honestly better than receiving no critique at all. Like, can you imagine making all these things and them being not great, kind of like, you know, lackluster creations and no one telling you. And so therefore you're not getting better. And so you're not creating better content and you're not going to be the best possible version that you can of yourself that you can be. You know, like look at any creative person or just any person in general that's made anything in the in the world. You know, not even like like artists or creatives in that sense, but just anyone that's made anything has been beaten down a few times. Anything great. You know, J.K. Rowling, you know, everyone knows the story of how she was denied by all those publishers and now she's a freaking theme park dedicated to this idea that she had when she was homeless and reading books to her kid. You know, like there's there's all these success stories you can read about. And I think honestly, educating yourselves on you know, other people's successes and all that it took them to get there helps you deal with your criticism so much better, you know, and it makes it hurt and sting less. I think that's truly how I'm coping with it and how I deal with it is just reading other people's stories and educating myself, like I said, on just other people's, you know, trials and tribulations of how they got to where they got, you know, and I wrote something else that I think is also good, kind of just going back to the self-criticism piece. Um, I wrote... We think that the point of life is eventually overcoming all of our obstacles and insecurities and then somehow we'll find complete happiness. But truthfully, I don't think this will ever happen. (laughs) It's kind of bleak. I said, C, your problems won't ever totally evaporate. Things will come together only to fall apart again. Come together, fall apart, come together, fall apart. Just like that. It's a cycle, a push and pull sort of world that we live in. I think that we... That true healing comes from letting there be room in your heart and soul for all these things to happen. For the coming together, for the falling apart. Room for grief, relief, misery, and joy. So I almost honestly think that, you know, true just dealing with criticism, you know, how we actually truly deal with it is just first of all knowing that everyone deals with it and everyone is struggling everyone feels a a blow to their ego some days you know and even the people that look perfect and flawless and can you know handle everything with stride doesn't always you know especially some of the like the big celebrities that we see that are constantly just like shit on for everything they do like the Kardashians for example I always think of them you know yes they look like they just like take everything in stride but you know if you've seen the show you know that it's not always like that for them especially And then you can't even imagine like the other people that you see that you think are perfect. And it's almost like we kind of know that people aren't perfect, but we still just think for whatever reason that our struggles are worse or like that we feel a sting in a different way. But like, congratulations, you're not special. (laughs) I mean, you're special in other ways, but you, everyone is dealing with this and everyone is, is struggling. Okay. It's just a fact of life. But I think that just, like I said, having this space in your soul and your heart to, to know that these things are going to happen and kind of account for these unknown you know you never know where it's going to hit or when it's going to happen but there's going to be a push and pull in life that's just how it goes it's like these beautiful things happen and bad things happen and then good things happen and bad things happen you know I attribute or I think of this a lot with my my illness and how I'm not not the most healthy human being right now and you know I just know that with all of this struggle and shitty stuff I'm dealing with I know that there are good things coming and you know when I'm criticized I know that I'm eventually going to be praised you know it's just it's a push and pull life that we live and we just have to accept that you know for from one way or another we just have to accept it and so honestly that is that is criticism to me you know it can be beautiful it can be you know 
like doing the cotton eye joe and taking your mind off being a social outcast and writing a book and having you know this teacher tell you all these things and you be just better off you know because of that criticism i i you know constructive criticism that i got from this teacher i am now better at writing than i think i would ever have been before i'm passionate about it and it comes from like a deep passion that you know brewed way back when i was in fourth grade because of someone that believed in me so you know moral of the story is first of all believe in people but then also you know just know that all criticism is not bad and it can really grow you into someone that's really successful and beautiful someday so yes that is my spiel on criticism that is all i have to say i don't want to babble anymore because i think i have really expressed all my points and really expressed to you guys what criticism looks like for me it's not a walk in the park and i don't know if it ever will be for me but it's one of those things i'm working on and i think that all of us are working on you know and so yeah that's it for this this episode of thick and thin i hope you guys all enjoyed and yeah per usual definitely uh subscribe follow the podcast so you never miss an episode i I upload on very random days because it's just whenever i'm feeling passionate um and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode thanks for listening and i will talk to you guys very soon bye